This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. The guest that we have on this episode of The Adventure Jogger, I hope is going to inspire the heck out of you for the miles that you're running while you're listening to this. She was the first amputee to complete the Trans Rockies six-day stage race. 120 miles, over 20,000 feet of vertical gain. She has the 50K world record for a below-the-knee amputee. She most recently ran 100 miles on a treadmill in less than one day. She's the first amputee to do that. She now calls Carrie, North Carolina home. Jackie Hunt Brorsma is on the Adventure Jogger. Jackie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you on, and you have such an incredible story. I always like to to get right at the start, like to kind of start your story. And it seems like, at least with your... Well, your running story kind of starts when you you became an amputee. You lost your leg at what age? Um, I lost my age. Oh, um, what has it been now? Two thousand and two is when I lost my leg. Um, so yeah, I was I was like twenty six. Um, so it's been it's been a long time. Um, I'm, yeah, it's going to show my age now. You're asking me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've done it. You, did, you didn't have to say your age. You could have just said, well, it was a couple of years yeah, well, ago. Well. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. But what was that like? Like, what happened that, that, that caused you to lose a leg? Well, if it happened really quickly. It was like the weirdest thing. I had, um, like, to kind of tell the whole story is I had a a sensitive spot on my leg and it, it kept hurting and it was really, really painful. And I kept going back to the doctor and they were like, we don't know what that is. It, you might've just bumped it at some point. And at one point it got really, really painful. And the one morning it was the weirdest thing. I woke up in the morning and it had literally popped out and it was the size of a golf ball on the bottom of my leg. And it obviously freaked me out. Cause I was like, what is that? Yeah. And I went, I went, obviously went to the doctor and his face just dropped. I'm like, do you still think it's nothing? Um, do you still think I kind of bumped my leg? And he just kind of, I think he, he actually did go a little bit, bit pale because he was like, I don't know, alarm bells might have gone on and thinking, oh man, is she going to sue me or what's going to happen? Because what is this? And they immediately sent me for a biopsy. And of course, um, I... The, the 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 big thing is, I mean, you get you get all these thoughts and stuff, and I'm like, what is it? Right. And, and one of the things I thought about is like, could it be cancer? And I'm like, the when they sent me the biopsy, they said, well, if we don't phone you within within two days, then you're fine. Then there's nothing serious. So I was like, okay, don't ring me, don't ring me. 
it's like these two days you sit in there you think okay one day's passed they haven't rung me yet i'm in the clear at day two the phone rings oh. and it's the doctors and they were like um you have to come in and you have to bring someone with you which is never a good sign oh. when, when your doctor tells you because we've got the results and you kind of you need to come in and so we got to the hospital um, where they'd done the surgery and um, we walked in and there was a nurse, there was the doctor and there was a priest. And my face just dropped. I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And so then obviously I was like, yeah, this, this is clearly not going to be good news. And then they broke the news to me and it kind of, it was the weirdest. I knew it was coming, but it was kind of, nothing I could do about it um, and they immediately they were really good explained the whole situation and it turned out I had a very a very rare form of cancer it was um, Ewing sarcoma uh, which not a lot of people get and normally it happens in teenagers um, so the age I was when I got it I mean it was I mean I wasn't old or anything but it was quite rare that I had actually got it yeah um, and so they they immediately scheduled in a appointment with a specialist within a week i was seeing the specialist and he then broke the news and said well the only option you have is amputation which hadn't crossed my mind at all because i just thought yeah i'd go for chemo i'd kind of go that pro that route down yeah um but where the the tumor had where the tumor actually was it had kind of attached to the nerves nerve endings on my foot so basically what would happen is if they removed the tumor because the tumor had grown so big and you can see it was like i mean on the inside it was like a huge they said it was a very a slow growing tumor they called it and um so if they had removed it, they would have damaged my foot. So I would lose the use of my foot anyway. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have options. So I'd seen him and a week later I was scheduled for surgery to have my leg amputated. So everything just, it was like within three weeks, my whole life had turned upside down. It was like, I went from diagnosis to surgery booked and done. And it was just, it was the weirdest thing. I was like, I had just got a promotion at work and so I kind of had that part of the career going really well and <clears throat> obviously I mean you have all these plans in your life and things and then suddenly you hit with this and you're like okay um, and that's kind of how my whole cancer story kind of yeah my amputation and things kind of happened. Wow so I can't imagine you know, you get through the first day the doctor's like yeah we don't call you in two days don't worry about it. You get through that first day and yeah. then the second day, well, about noon, the phone rings, and then you, they, they, when they tell you, like they can't tell you over the phone what all no. is going on. But yeah. saying like, hey, we need to see you, and you need to bring somebody. <laughs> like, what, how long yeah. was it? Did you go that same day, or did you have to wait a couple of days? I had to wait. I don't, yeah, if, if I, I can't actually remember, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was on the same day. I had to kind of wait another day. So it's obviously, I had, I slept absolutely nothing that night because it's like, yeah, what's happening? And then you walk into the doctor's office and you expect to see the doctor there. And there's a doctor <laughs> and a priest. Like, you know something's up when there's a yeah. priest in in the doctor's office with you. Yeah. 
you know that's never going to be good news, right? It's like, what? No, like, <laughs> and there's probably a small part of you going like, maybe they're just going to say, hey, thanks for everything. Um, uh, yeah. Your insurance is going to cover everything, so we're getting paid, so we just want to say thank you. And the priest wanted to bless your leg, but that wasn't going to happen. So three weeks, three weeks' time, yeah. you go from just thinking there's a bump on the bottom of your foot that yeah. you, your doctor said, oh, maybe you stepped on something. Could have been a spider bite. Could have been whatever. Yeah, it could have been anything. Yeah. And then you are in the hospital getting prepped for surgery, and they are going to remove your leg. What was going through your mind that day? It's it's the weirdest thing. I've been asked that question so many times, and it's like you don't – it's weird. Your, your, your mind, your body, everything is like, you go into survival mode because you just don't know. I mean, when at that time, when I got diagnosed, I mean, so many people were busy dying. I mean, it, it was like when you get a cancer diagnosis at that time, I would just think your the, the, the survival rate's not gonna be very good. Yeah. That's, you know, you know what I mean? It was just that time. I mean, studies hadn't gone it wasn't that i mean it wasn't that long ago but things have developed quite a lot now it's a lot better and but then with the whole amputation and i think i had to go so basically before the surgery that's the following week i had to go for so many different scans i had to go for a body scan i had to go lungs they they checked everything because they were worried that it had spread because the type of cancer i i the, the type of cancer i got is when it spreads, it spreads straight to your lungs. Um, so I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check my lungs. <laughs> right. And so you have that too to worry about. And I remember when I was sitting in the waiting room for a body scan and it's like, it's this weird like machine. They literally lay you flat and they just like scan your entire body. And I just remember sitting there and, and I remember I had actually not taken anyone with me because I was like, I can do this. I just want to do it. I want to do it by myself. I'm just going to do it. And it's just a scan. And I just remember sitting there and I just burst out in tears. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what is happening? And it was just like the reality of everything. Because I had been speaking to so many people. And it's just in such a short time, everything was changing. And you don't really have time to think. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, what's happening? What's happening? And then, and that was like the, the one of the first times I actually had broken down in the whole, the whole situation. And then you kind of then you you pick yourself up weirdly because you just you have to survive you have to kind of go to the next step and you kind of i had to kind of not think about the the, the cancer part i had to kind of think about okay i'm going to lose part of my body um how am i going to survive that and i think that kind of took the element away from that i i had cancer too i kind of forgot about the cancer part yeah if that makes sense um and so that that part was like the next step i kind of had to accept that but with the surgery happening so quickly and things like that and then you have all the recovery and things you don't really have time to think of all of that so it was like it just kind of felt like a big whirlwind and yeah it just it was it was weird it kind of felt like i wasn't really there i had kind of I was living someone else's life, like just kind of floating away. It sounds weird. It's like as if I had like left and I was like looking down and I was like, yeah, this can't be my life. This is just the weirdest thing. I can imagine because I mean, just the, you had no idea. It was, it was straight out of the blue and to yeah. go, that's, it's a three week process from my foot hurts to my leg is gone. Was there a, like a, did you go through something like almost that that week between the surgery and them telling you like they told you like okay this is we got to we got to 
take off your leg. Yeah. I mean, we're removing your leg from the below the knee. Was yeah. there some sort of process you went through of almost like saying goodbye to the lower part of your leg? It was weird. It was like the, it's going to sound weird. It was the night before the surgery. I actually, I was sitting in the bath and it was kind of, I had to go through the whole process and I was just looking at my two legs and I was in tears and I was like, well, this is it. This is the kind of the last time I'm going to see two legs, two feet, two. Yeah. And it was just, it was the, and I just remember it so clearly because it was, it was as if I was saying goodbye. It was like weird because it's like you know that tomorrow morning you're gonna wake up and that part's gonna be missing. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's the weirdest feeling. It's just, you, yeah. So you wake up, you get that surgery, you wake yeah. up, and then the reality is there. And the reality is that, yeah. Did you break and, down? at the time when I the the surgeon I had. Um, he he was really good he would like he immediately straight after surgery he kind of came into the room opened up my leg and or he said have you seen your leg yet and i was like no i haven't looked under the blankets yet and things like that and he was like all right right and he pulled everything off and like pulled everything open he's like there you go you need to look at it and i was like first i was shocked but i was actually really grateful because he was just so direct about it all and just like this is it you need to fight that's what's happening this is kind of this is your life that's just incredible. And I want to point out, by the way, because everyone listening is going, Jackie does not sound like she's from North Carolina. That is not a North Carolina <laughs> yeah, you know, accent. I've got a real <laughs> I've got a southern accent, right? <laughs> I, I want to point out, Jackie, you were born in South America. No, South Africa. South Africa, sorry, South Africa. And yeah. then you, you spent some time in England as well. Yes, that's correct. Um, we kind of where where I had my leg amputated was in in Holland. So we moved we moved from South Africa, then we moved to Holland, lived there for a bit, and then moved to the UK. So I've got a little bit of a mixture of a accent because most people go, "Where are you from?" And then I normally laugh and I go, "I'm from Kerry, North Carolina." And then people are like, "Really? <laughs> yeah, can you tell?" <laughs> now hang on, Jack. It's only fair. Can you do a Southern accent? No. <laughs> not yet. I'm not even going to try because I'm just going to embarrass myself. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny is like, like uh, you, you, I definitely hear South African in yeah. your voice and, and, I, and I hear a little, little, little British in there. You know, you've got that, uh, that accent there and Americans love accents that aren't from America. You know, they, they love oh, that's it. A good thing. It, it is right. But I don't think, and you could probably be the expert on this. I don't think People from South Africa or England or Holland, I don't think they hear a Southern accent and swoon the way that Americans kind of do when they hear. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, definitely not. <laughs> so, so that's why Jackie has the accent that Jackie has. But you're, you're. I'm no- normally apologizing about my accent. I'm like, I'm sorry. Let's just get this clear. I'm sorry. I do have an accent. So let's just be clear. But it's not your typical North Carolina accent. No. Um, <laughs> so I read somewhere. Jackie, that you were not a runner before the surgery. You hated running. Did you, you didn't run at all before? I, yeah, I was, I, this is always a funny story because I was, yeah, I mean, you, you have to do track at school and things like that. And I was the person that was kind of always at the back Mm -hmm. and I was the one that would kind of make excuses and be hiding in the bathroom (laughs) because I didn't want to do my workout because I hated (laughs) it that much. And I had friends who were brilliant at it. And I was like, why, why would you do that? And I, I, I'd like, I'd go, I'm like, why would you pay 
money for this because you all look really miserable. You do. And it's like, for a medal, come on. <laughs> Little did Jackie know that years later, she'd be paying money to do that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Loving every minute of it. <laughs> so so you, you weren't a runner. You yes. know, you, you avoided, you hit out in the, in the locker room so you could avoid all those, <laughs> those days in, 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 uh, in gym class where like, we're going to yes. run a mile today where everybody yes. was like, oh shit. Except that one kid that would go on to get the uh-huh. cross country scholarship. <laughs> like, where, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? <laughs> oh no, we can't find her. I think she might be sick. <laughs> so, so when did you decide like, I'm going to give this running thing a try? Having hated it and avoided it your whole life. What was the moment when you're like... I think I'll give it a try. It's weird. It's one of those things where like when, when you're an amputee too, it's like you get these challenges and people tell you you can't do something. You mm-hmm. think, oh, why why can't I do it? You yeah. kind of change like from when when you kind of take things in a sense, when I had two legs, I took things for, for granted, like easy. And with, with running, you can't just go with your normal prosthetic that you have because that's a whole different story and right. they're not designed for running and things like that so there's like that whole element of research you have to do and so it was just not, not uh, something i didn't kind of look at but then my husband started running and i was kind of intrigued because he was kind of doing quite a few in the uk he was doing a lot of trail races and things like that and i mean i i would kind of go with him to the races and and I was still like, yeah, this is this is weird. These people, I mean, you all paying money for this. And it's like, this is weird. But it intrigued me because I was like, but because he would like get really excited about it. And you know, what? We, I, I know what it's like yeah. now. It's like you talk about it and you think, yeah, yeah I did that. And it's like it's this amazing feeling. And it's like, I, yeah, and I was like, okay, there must be something. But so I wanted to give it a try, but I didn't have a running blade. So I had, I had like a sports foot that I could use, um, but it wasn't designed for running. It was kind of, I used to play squash with a, a squash is racquetball. Like oh, okay. in the US, yeah, right. so it's the same, same thing. Um, and so I, I kind of tried it with that and, and I thought, oh, you know, what? I'm going to be brave. I'm going to sign up for a 5k and give it a try. And I swear it was the worst race of my life. <laughs> I like, I ran like for, I think out of the whole five, the whole three miles, I ran a mile. That was it. But the rest I kind of walked and it, but it wasn't a full, I didn't write a consistent one mile. I like, it was split over the three miles. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> You're, you're saying these people are stupid and then you sign yeah. up for that 5k and you're like i know they're stupid uh, now yeah. i know i've confirmed it i, I hate it no this is something and then it's weird i just and it, it's still it still intrigued me and i was like and i'm not a quitter and i think it's kind of that bugged me i was like why can't i why can't i do it why am i why do i have the issue with it and then I started researching running blades and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a try and see. And obviously running, running blades aren't cheap. Health insurance doesn't cover running blade, does it? It, some insurances do. Okay. Um, it depends. And it depends on, on um, I've kind of found out now it's kind of a game you have to play and it's about wording and things like that. So there, there's a way you can kind of get a little bit of the, I mean, they don't pay the full amount mm-hmm. and they very much, well, why would you want to run? You're an amputee. No, they, they genuinely, that's what they say. Really? It's like, yeah, amputees shouldn't be running. So of course you're going to tell me that. I'm like, well, sorry, but I need to prove you wrong. I'm sorry. But, and it's, and unfortunately, cause we, we live in a world where there's a lot of, um, 
diabetics and things like that. So the patients are amputees because they've got diabetes. So I fall in a category of about 2%, especially in the the UK and in the US, in like a 2% category of people that actually want to be active and healthy. and, and, um, And so the insurance companies kind of fight back against it because it's like, why would we be paying for a running blade? Because they're so expensive. Yeah. Um, but we we eventually, we got some funding for the blade. Um, I mean, we, we had to pay quite a bit into it and stuff like that. But it was, I kind of felt like it was because they told me I couldn't do it. And I was struggling with it so badly. I was like, well, no, I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to give it a try and see. And then, well... We'll see. Obviously, spending all this money, um, we were like, well, I better like it then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a pair of shoes because it's, it's like made for you. So I can't exactly go, well, I didn't like that. It didn't work. Can I return it? And it's like, no. So I was stuck with it. And I can't sell it on eBay. Can, can you imagine putting your leg on eBay? Can, does anyone want to buy a left leg? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I tend to do a lot of, lot of, lot of leg, lot of leg jokes and things like that. So don't take me too serious. <laughs> that's that's okay. You're allowed to. Well, please feel free. Feel free. Just go wherever you want to go. Um, and then yeah, and then I got I got my first running blade, and it it changed things so much. It was um, it just it was the best feeling in the world. I kind of felt like I was flying. I was. Uh, yeah, it just it just felt like I was meant to do this. Um, and I kind of fell in love with it. Like even, I mean, just running up and down the parking lot. And it's just, I think it was like a real, is I'd gone from struggling with on trying to run on a walking leg to suddenly being given the right tools. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can actually run. And yeah, and that's kind of how my, it's like total weird way my my running journey started and I kind of then just started I saw okay I'm gonna try and I I originally thought I'd stick to like three miles 5k 5k races and stuff I didn't think I'd actually go any further but being my personality I kind of like to push the limits and things of what I can do so I kind of tend to just just see how it goes so did you go back and do it you did a 5k sign up for a 5k with the blade with the blade and it was a yes. way better experience it was a way better experience and it was it was a cross-country course so it was like oh yeah why not let's let's test it and obviously it had been raining so it was muddy um and my blade at the time didn't have very much grip in the mud but i was like oh this is fun and actually the funny story is i had i showed up on the at the race on a test socket because when when they design your blade yeah. you obviously you get a test socket that you kind of have to test out and make sure before they actually make the final product and the instruction was take the blade for a bit of a run don't do anything crazy <laughs> because it might crack um because it's kind of like a plastic thing that they the the, the first like the test socket yeah. made out of and they were like yeah it might crack but if it cracks just stop and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd be fine. And then I came back on the Monday after the race, and I was like, I hope you don't mind, but um, I might have done a 5K race. <laughs> and, and I just remember their faces just dropped, and they were like, what? You did what? I was like, yeah, it's fine. It didn't crack. It's fine. It worked out. <laughs> so, so it goes really well. 
and you, yeah, and you it goes really well. You get that love of running, and yeah. do, you, do you do the normal progression where it's five k, ten k, half marathon, full marathon, and then you hear about ultra marathons? How, how did it progress for you? Um, it progressed really quickly. Um, I went from five k races, and then I signed up for a ten k in two thousand sixteen in December. The only reason why I remember was because it was my first half marathon. Even though I signed up for the ten k. The Friday, the Friday I had raced at Packet Pickup, I showed up and I was like, well, they've got a half marathon distance. And I asked, could I swap from 10K to half marathon? Now, bearing in mind, my longest run up till then was four miles, five miles um, for training for the 10K. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can just switch if you want to. It's fine. So I switched the night before um, for the half marathon. Because I thought, oh, well, I'm doing 10K. How hard's a half marathon going to be, right? <laughs> it's only double the distance. It's like, oh, it'll be fine. So- and, it was, and it was Durham, North Carolina. And Dur- I mean, it's, it, Durham's pretty hilly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, Annie was like 23, temperature-wise. It was freezing. It was so, I've never been so cold in my life. And um, yeah, I finished. I did it. I yeah, I was pretty impressed. I survived. I did it in a better time than I thought I would. Um, and it kind of proved to me I could do, I could do and I could, I could do this. And that's kind of how the progression. And then I just immediately then signed up for, obviously I didn't decide to kind of do a few, a few half marathons after like normal, normal regular runners would just say, Oh, let's just do a few, let's get a few half marathons. No, I went straight to a marathon. So then I went to a marathon and then I was like, Oh yeah, let's test it. And then I went to a uh, ultra marathon. So I just kind of just keep going off. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> what was your first ultra? Um, I did, um, and it was in Greensboro, tri- triple lakes. Okay. So that, yeah. Was- and that was a, that was a 40 miler, and um it was also my first trail race and (laughs) i hadn't been trail running for a very long time and i saw this race and i was like well i've been i mean i've been running lob lolly trail in umstead and um i'm like oh yeah how hard can a trail race be and 40 miles why not i've done a marathon 40 miles would be fine right (laughs) and and the the with the race it had been raining the whole week i mean yeah it was we went through like yeah we had so so much rain and so the trail itself was flooded so they had to actually they had to change the course because some of the trail you can run on anymore and so i showed up and they sent a message the night before and they're like yeah you need to watch out it's going to be quite tough conditions and stuff and i at the time when i was doing trail running i hadn't run with poles or anything like that because i was like i'm a hardcore trail runner i don't need poles come on i'll be fine i'm an amputee who needs poles and um and i showed up for this race and it's it was it's not a very big race and so which which is great and i i just thought you know well, we'll just see what happens and the first loop it was fine but it had kind of started sprinkling a bit with rain and the more and obviously with people running on the trails it became more slick so it became a lot more muddy and i discovered very quickly on that my leg at the time because it's designed for the road yeah it has zero grip in mud at, like literally I was sliding everywhere. So there were points where I literally had to go on my butt and bum shuffle down, down. Cause there was like, 
we had to kind of run down like slopes and things like that. And I was literally, I was on my butt, just like shuffling down. I was like, well, I'm getting it done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was it. And I, I got to the finish line. I think I I got to the, because they, they had a time limit and I literally scraped through with like 10, 10 minutes to spare um, and crossed the finish line. It was the best feeling. I was like, I couldn't believe I'd done that. And I remember sitting down and they were like, will you do this again? And I just looked at him and I went, no, I won't do this again. <laughs> but then the typical stage the next day, I booked a 50 miler. <laughs> I did it again. No, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Like It's like we forget, don't yeah. we? And it's like. <laughs> yeah, it's like I am never, ever signing up for another one of these. are stupid. Why yeah. would you want to do this? And then you're yeah, on exactly. ultra sign up and you're like, oh, that one looks good. I could totally do that. Can you do that? Now, did you have to have a discussion with your husband? You just sit him down and go, okay, honey, brace yourself. We're going to have to buy a trail blade. Um, Well, unfortunately, there aren't trail blades. So that's the interesting story. They don't, they don't, they kind of, the one I've got now is like they've, they've helped me develop and the company I've been working with have been fantastic. Um, Just because it's such a, it's such a, Amputees don't really run trails and there's, I mean, there's a handful of us that do run trails, but there's not a lot. And it's always been seen as, well, you shouldn't be doing that because what happens if you fall? And I'm like, yeah, I fall when I run in road too. I'm like, yeah, you fall. It's like, and I've run with, with trail runners, experienced trail runners who have wiped out in front of me. And it was like, it's not because I'm an amputee that I'm going to fall. It's because it's a trail. And trails, if you haven't fallen on a trail, then I'm sorry, but then you're not trail running. You're running somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm like, we all, we all do it. It's the truth. It's it's part of trail running. And that's why I love love about it. It's the adventure and it's the, the pushing your body. And it's like, it's the risk. It's, yeah, it is what it is. And, and, um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, unfortunately, they originally designed for road and that's kind of where they've always thought amputees would be. And it's, it's been, it's been a fun experience to kind of push the limits and push the boundaries and show what you can do. Cause I've had loads of amputees reach out and they're like, what you ran on the trail with that. And I was like, yeah, why not? I mean, it's fine. It's just the, the only, the, 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 diff, the, the issues I've come across is the tread on the trail yeah. blade, on the blades because they just they're not designed um because i mean the first few we we kind of came up with a solution that we just customized my tread um because in the the first few trail runs i did i literally i would do a five mile trail run and i'd come back when i was done and my tread would be done it would just be totally trashed wow. and i was like yeah five miles that's not gonna work yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm not just running five miles so it was kind of working with um, my prosthesis and getting him to kind of work with me and kind of understand what i'm trying to do because they just a lot of, it's just something so different that everyone's like what why why would you want to do that um and so the the, the blade i've got now actually has a split toe so it's quite it's quite cool um and it originally it it was designed for road but they found this 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 um leg actually works really well on trails because it kind of it it kind of gives you more of a natural move across the rocks and things so you kind of because what was happening with my previous blade i would hit a stone and my whole blade would twist 
because of the because it's so thin oh yeah and it would twist my stump too so it's like you're twisting your ankle and i was happening it was like kind of twisting the whole time on my stump and it would like hurt like how and it was like yeah this i need to get a different solution and yeah so it works we make it work that's pretty cool the design process and to think that you're doing things that maybe someone just listens to this podcast or sees something else that you've done thinking yeah. that there's no way that they could have done that and you know yeah. road running just isn't for them and to think you kind of lay in the groundwork for future amputees to exactly. to trail run and that's why and that's what I try to do like with like social media and stuff I'm I'm very open and honest about the whole journey and things like that and it's just that's what I kind of that's that's kind of my key is to kind of inspire the other amputees um, to get out there and not be scared and you can you can do this it just takes some time it takes I mean and hopefully I mean I've laid the groundwork so they don't need to learn from my mistakes anymore they can just kind of learn from what I'm doing. This is really yeah. incredible, Jackie, because I, I live in a military town. So there's, uh, you know, Fort Campbell. You're close to Fort Bragg, aren't you? I mean, you're, yeah. you're nearby. Yeah, 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 not that far. Yeah. So there's so many folks that are, you live in military towns that are amputees. Yeah. And I mean, I can imagine just going through that process, that grieving process of losing the limb. And then, you know, you try the standard leg and it's miserable and you get that blade. And so many people that maybe the, the obstacle to getting into trail and ultra running is simply the, the equipment's not there yet. And to think that, you know, you're at the kind of the, 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 the front end of this and and working this and getting the system down, it hopefully, you know, it turns into, you know, people that, just want to give trails a try and didn't think it was a possibility exactly. for them can actually get out and enjoy trail running. Cause it is a different scene, Jackie. I mean, trail and ultra running is so much more laid back and just the, it, the environment's yeah. different. The runners are different. It's, it's just, I've totally fallen in love with it. It's kind of, I feel like that's where I fit in. Um, it's just so, yeah, it's just so much more relaxed. People are different and it's just, um, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it just seems like even though it's an old ultra, I mean, it's still fun. It's a community. It's kind of everyone's talking to everyone. And it's just, it's not like a road race where everyone is in it to win it. And you kind of, yeah, that's it. We're not talking to anyone. We're just right. focused on this race. And it's just, I, I love the whole community aspect of it. The camaraderie. is, is it's, yeah. I, I think that's something that... Yeah. You know, given the opportunity, people that may have been turned off by road running because of the seriousness yeah. of it or yeah. just having that trail experience of, oh, my God, these people are talking and they're drinking yeah. beer afterwards and they're. <laughs> what having- if we could stop and have a snack? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <This is> so cool. <laughs> Wait, you think about it, Jackie. You pay for a, a road marathon, which, by the way, your accent makes marathon sound so much better. I love the marathon. I love it. <laughs> Um, but, um, you think about, you pay for a marathon and it's $150 and you get a t-shirt and there's a rock band every couple of miles or something playing some song. You don't know, but you really only get maybe $10 worth of, of food. You you grab a couple of goose (laughs) and they're the leftover ones. And then you get a couple of. Of, of a horribly mixed batch of Gatorade where it's just not right, uh, right? Yeah. Where if you if you do an ultra right, that that fee, you can eat 
your entry fee and food. You can. That's the best part. It's like, oh yeah, we just hang out here at the aid station, have a few baked potatoes, have this, have that. It's great. I have finished races going like, I swear I must have eaten my entire entry fees worth the worth of food and, it, and it's it's so worth it right yeah exactly it's worth it and i mean i went because I, I went i i kind of started struggling a little bit with road running because i was just i kind of got bored with road running a little bit and i was like i just wasn't i wasn't feeling it and i think a lot of us kind of get to that point and then someone said well why don't you try trail trail running and that's kind of how i got into the whole trail running thing and yeah it's just it's just fun it's it's not as serious and it's just, yeah, it's just a good time. It's a really good time. Okay. Trans Rockies. When does that yes. get on your radar, Jackie? Pardon? When does it get on your radar? When do you hear about Trans Rockies and when are you like, I'm doing this? It was cause it was, I did it last year and, um, I was lucky enough cause Highlands, um, who do homeopathic, um, stuff and they had kind of, done like a like a contest thing and they said well they were looking for someone to run it and they you kind of had to go through a whole rigorous interview with them and things like that to kind of represent them at this race yeah and i'd I'd applied and you had to kind of write a whole story about your background and things and then you got interviewed by quite a few people from the company and by the coach that would be then coaching you and things like that and to make sure you were going to be the right person and I I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure they won't pick me because I mean I wasn't I wasn't trail running a long time then yeah I mean I had just finished Umstead 50 miler and um, so I had some trail running experience but I didn't feel like I kind of had the trail running experience for Trans Rockies because I'm like that's a total different next level um, and they said yeah you've got it do you want to do it and I was like heck yeah of course I do. <laughs> And that's kind of how I got into Trans Rockies and the experience. And I'm just forever grateful because the experience was just, I mean, it was incredible. It was, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but one of the most rewarding. Um, I mean, I had a million different obstacles, some funny obstacles and just kind of had to work through it. um, And just, I learned a lot about myself and learned a lot of stuff how not to do it and how to train better because I'm hope I was supposed to be doing it this year again but they've ca- they've canceled it unfortunately yeah. so I'll be doing it next so it's kind of moved to next year so fingers crossed I can kind of get out there again what are some of those lessons you learned Jackie doing trans Rockies the first time oh man the the altitude is an issue because everyone <laughs> and it's like coming from North Carolina I mean we don't have altitude and everyone was like oh yeah you're training the humidity you'll be fine no, no. <laughs> that doesn't prepare you <laughs> oh I did it totally wrong I don't know but I'm like that oh, that kicked that I'm seriously can I say this but it kicked my butt yeah you can do no, like, no. Oh. <laughs> there's a little e in the bottom right hand corner of this podcast you could say it kicked your ass you could that's totally okay oh cool great cool <laughs> Yeah, and it was uh, that. That was one of the hardest things I struggled with. And I, I literally, I had gone out to the race only two days before, and I wish um, I, for next year I'll definitely go out at least a week before, so I can kind of get used to it. Because they say everyone reacts differently, and I just, I just felt I found it quite hard. Um, and yeah, that was that was kind of one of the big things. Um, and then I also, I mean, I had. I had loads of issues with my stump with blistering and things like that. And they say they, they think it's probably 
because I wear like with the liner, the, the liner that goes into my prosthetic yeah. that kind of holds everything together. Um, I wear a sock under that on my skin just to kind of help with the sweating and things like that. It's totally gross because you sweat like crazy when you're an amputee. And, um, and they think that and the altitude and all that kind of caused extra friction. So, which is weird. So the whole system just gave me more blisters. So I, I, now that I know that for the next year, I'll be more prepared whether I just change socks more often. So it kind of, I don't have that much moisture inside and things, but it was really hard because I wasn't sweating a lot either out there. Yeah. So I'm like, it's hard to tell and to judge and stuff. So I'd kind of have to work on that just to kind of come up with a better solution. Um, and yeah, on the, on the first day, yeah, it was on the first day. It was hilarious. Um, my tread literally fell off, um, at like mile 10 and how far, how long is the first day is a short day. Um, I think we did 16 miles if I can remember. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's like, cause it's the, the short, one of the shortest days. Uh, and it was it was funny i got i got to the finish line with a tread that was literally flapping it was just going up and down up and down i was like oh yeah this is great thank goodness it wasn't raining because then i'd like really be in trouble and so i got to the finish line and then they kind of with transrockies you kind of get to you you stop some you kind of where you finish you have to get onto a bus to get to the camp so they take you to a campsite and um, I got to the campsite and I took my leg off and I was like, yeah, this is a really weird question, but does anyone have super glue? Because I'm going to have to stick my leg together. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time that's happened at Trans Rockies. They're like, yeah, this is the first time this has ever happened. Um, so that I had the poor guys, like the, they were like running around trying to find me some super glue. Eventually they did, which is great. And they kind of got my leg fixed and stuff like that. And it, then it was fine. But yeah, I might next time maybe carry my own super glue or something. But <laughs> have your super glue in your in your crew kit right there. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's incredible. And to think that you were the first amputee to finish that. Did, was yeah. did, does that come into your head at all when you're the, it's the last day of Trans Rockies and you know it's it's in it's inside. You smell the barn, right? You know yeah. that the finish is gonna happen. Do you think at all about being the first amputee to do it, or is it just you're Jackie and you're doing it? I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I normally, I, I, I think of those things like kind of when I'm finished and things, but normally during it, it's just like I'm just doing this to show what's possible. So I'm not doing it to kind of like say, oh yeah, I was the first amputee or anything. I just kind of, I just want to show what's possible, and I'm like, well, if that does make me the first one then great. I hope someone else will kind of come behind me and do it too, because then it, it just shows I'm paving the way for it and kind of getting people to do it and things like that, which is exciting. Has anybody reached out to you uh, for some advice? I have. Yeah. I've, I often get a lot of um, people either emailing me or sending me messages via social media and asking me questions about my prosthetic, my tread, the socks I wear, the liners I wear, and it's like it's all those type of things. And I, I kind of I'm looking at a few things like support systems that I'm going to be setting up. Um, I'm still working on it, so I can't give too much information, but just kind of set up and help other amputees. So hopefully that will kind of happen. Very cool. Um, okay, before you go, I have to talk about this treadmill thing. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people, Jackie, where if I have to run on a treadmill. It is the most miserable experience of my life. I am like, oh, I got to run the treadmill for an hour. 
this is going to suck. Even if it's one of those cardio cinemas where they have the big movie screen yes. and they're showing yes. like Goodfellas or something, they never show like like running movies, right? They never show anything that would no, get you a... No. no, it's like Goodfellas or like you go, it's some adult, it's like, it's like a grown-up movie and you walk yes. in at the most uncomfortable part of the movie. Part. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're, you're trying to get your jog on and there's there's something going on on screen and you're like turning red and yeah. not because you're out of breath. But yeah, so for me, it's, it's absolutely miserable. And to think of doing 100 miles on a treadmill, you know, Zach Bitter just did it in just over 12 hours. So I know, that was insane. Oh, that was like, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it, yeah. He, he was, to, yeah, to I have no idea how he did it and flipping back and forth between treadmills because he didn't want to wear one out was just, that's just, a, that's just amazing. But when did, when did this come in your, it pop into your head? When did Jackie go 100 miles on a treadmill? I got this. The funny story with the whole thing, and a lot of people don't actually know that, is, I mean, I was due to run Armstead 100, and then that obviously got cancelled, and I was like, oh, man, and that was in in April, and I was like, what am I going to do? And then I, I had this thought that I want to do this virtual race, but things got in the way, and I hadn't really trained. I actually, for the, for the treadmill 100, um, I hadn't actually, I mean, two weeks before that, I did the... Um, four by four by 48 challenge yeah so i did like in that week i did like 50 miles but before that i wasn't really running so as i so the week before i'm like you know what i've been thinking about this doing this and i signed up because it was like a virtual race um and i thought well they actually give met they actually give buckles i'm like that would be a good like thing to do yeah um and so i signed up for it but then obviously, I mean, with my training and with everything, I was like, oh, man, can I really do this? And Jackie being Jackie, the Wednesday night, I was like, and my husband was like, are you doing it? Or what's happening? Well, I'm like, well, it's like Wednesday. I'm not sure. And it's like Wednesday night, like Wednesday morning. I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm doing it because I'm just so undertrained. And Wednesday night, he asked me again. He's like, are you going to do it? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Let's just do it. Let's see what happens. And I hadn't set anything up. And I was like, I originally, I thought maybe I'd do loops around in my neighborhood. But with neighborhood being quite busy and things like that, I'd have to do 200 loops. And with my neighbor, neighborhood's quite busy with everyone walking and stuff like that. And I thought, you know what? I just don't want to be in the way. And I'm going to be going around a lot and stuff like that. So I thought, I'll do it on the treadmill. And then I researched and I was like, an amputee hasn't done that before in a treadmill. So I was like, okay, that's what we're going to do. We'll do it on the treadmill. And yeah, I kind of started on the Friday, totally inexperienced. I mean, I didn't have proper fueling. I I just kind of winged it a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> like I do with most of my races. And yeah, and I was like, I was hoping for a 24-hour finish. And I was like, you know what? I'd be so chuffed if I can do 24 hours for my first 100. And yeah, I did it under 24 hours. And I was like, I couldn't believe I did it. But it's it's weird because I the longest run I'd ever done on a treadmill was 10 miles because I kind of I've always had a bit of a love rate hate relationship with the treadmill I mean it's a great tool and I use it a lot for trans rockies to train because I used to put on 12 percent and then just use it for like hill training yeah. and things like that so it was good but I was like so my biggest worry was like how am I going to get through like past 10 miles because it's a long way and it's like yeah then I've still got another 90 miles to go <laughs> right 
and the other thing is because i mean we've had the treadmill the treadmill i had it's a um it's a nordic track and i we've we had it i mean since i've been running so four years and i mean again the longest we'd run on it it was 10 miles and i'm like and I got loads of people messaging me, like when I when I posted and said, "Well, I'm going to do this," and everyone was like, "Yeah, but treadmills in gyms always cut out. How are you going to do that? It's like, is it going to switch off? Is it going to reboot?" And it's like, I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> see what happens. And I kind of worked that in. I was like, well, if it does reboot, then now will be a good time to kind of get some feel and yeah, bathroom break and stuff like that. Um, I'm like, yeah, it's an ultra. I can eat. I can kind of go to the bathroom, it'd be a party. And yeah, and it's just, um, I, I watched a lot of Netflix and it's weird. I just kind of, I got into a zone where I just kind of kept going. I mean, I hit I hit a brick wall at about mile 62. Yeah, because about mile, yeah, 100K. Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness, because by that, then it was my longest run I'd ever done. Um, and I was like, I don't think I could do this. And I literally, I actually got off and I just, I just stood there because I was like, I'm going to take a bathroom break and just like, yeah, just get my head clear. And I went to the bathroom and I was like, I knew at that point, and it's like, it comes again in my personality. I, I don't know. I, I hate, I can't quit. I'm like, I just goes against, I will, I'd rather cross the finish line totally dead last than give up. I'm just like, no, I need to kind of just get going. Um, and so I got back on and, carried on and yeah finished finished the hundred it's so weird to think about a hundred miles on a treadmill because here you are in your house right you're in the comfort of your own home yeah. your yeah. your comfortable couch your comfortable bed is just rooms away yeah, yeah. yeah. and all i could think about was sitting in a nice hot bath and just like chilling with a glass of wine right, right. the bottle of wine is five feet away yeah. It, in the kitchen and just do you have a, a mantra or something that when it starts getting tough and when you're on that treadmill you hit that 62 mile wall yeah was it just that i don't quit is that what your your mantra that is? is pretty much is pretty much my mantra is i know i'd be really disappointed and i'd, I'd be going over in my head it's like if only i didn't quit and that, that part is what would like that gets me through because i know i'm going to be so incredibly like gutted for myself if I just decide not to do it and just walk away and I'm like you know what you can just suck it up just for that bit, bit extra and it's like you can sit down and I, and I, I got you you kind of I mean you run older I mean you, you know how it is you argue with yourself mm -hmm. all the time I mean my, my kids are always like mommy are you talking to yourself I'm like yeah no just leave me alone <laughs> and mommy's in a moment <laughs> We kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah, whether you kind of, I don't know, go a little bit crazy when you're in the zone, I don't know. But, and that's, it's, it's a lot of talking to yourself and just getting to, yeah, I mean, you, you get to know yourself at that point and it's because it's a long way to go. Um, and it's just, it's just the disappointment of not finishing something that keeps me, definitely keeps me going. All right, Jackie, people are going to yell at me. And I'll leave bad comments on Facebook if I don't ask you. You said you watched a lot of Netflix. What were you watching during oh, your 100 miles? what was I watching? I was watching some Formula One okay. racing. I was watching Dexter again because mm -hmm. that was one of my all-time favorites. Don't, don't judge me on that one. <laughs> um, I was watching a little bit of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I 
and yeah, desperate times. I was watching what was that? Um, oh, um, oh man, it's uh, it was filmed. It was filmed here in North Carolina. Um, oh man, I've forgotten. It's at the. Um, oh, I've forgotten the. It's name not Tiger now. King, is it? Oh no, no! I didn't watch Tiger King. I should have actually. That would have been, yeah, that would have been a good one, wouldn't it? I forgot about Tiger King. <laughs> That's for your next one. So that when you go for my next challenge, right. yeah, I'll watch Tiger King. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of just like a yeah, whatever we get. Oh, and I watched a lot of CSI, which I hadn't watched in like years, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just watch reruns of the whole thing and just kind of get me through. And it's like, yeah, it's funny how you kind of just end up just watching anything just to kind of get you through the miles. Um, was it CS regular CSI or was it CSI Miami? No, regular CSI. Because CSI Miami, I don't know if you've seen that one. That was like the cheesiest one where the <laughs> the main actor would would, would oh, always man, was, David oh. Cruz is so cheesy and he'd take his sunglasses like he'd show up on the scene oh, of the yeah, crime. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I, yeah, yeah, oh bad. No, I didn't re- I didn't watch that one. They'd see a body, like they'd find a body on a racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they go like something like Horatio how are we going to find the killer looks like we're going to have to track him down and then they no, go- he was so cool wasn't he he was just so cool and it was a good laugh though because it's like watching all these things and I'm like oh my goodness I actually really used to enjoy this uh, embarrassing to say can you edit that out actually because I'm like oh my no. goodness that's <laughs> like, cool <laughs> We're leaving that part in, Jackie. We're not taking out the fact you watch CSI reruns on on the treadmill. What is next for you now that now that you know you've you've accomplished so much in just know, a four year period of of getting into running and 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 getting into ultra running? What's next, it's Jackie? Been, it's been amazing, um, and I've been thinking about like what's going to be my next challenge. Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm kind of it has to be something big. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. 200 is on my list um so i'm hoping that kind of will be kind of one of my next next things um and it 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 will it will be something big um yeah i just i have to do something yeah to challenge all these that i've been doing and just kind of just do something i can't sit still i have to kind of keep pushing boundaries (laughs) don't do the 200 miles on the treadmill though jackie for your sake that's a lot of netflix that's a lot of Netflix. No, I don't think I'd, I'd be that crazy. <laughs> so we'll see. Jackie. Who knows? Don't, don't tempt me, though. <laughs> no, I didn't put this in your head. It's no, Don't put any blame on me. If Jackie runs 200 miles on a treadmill, you can't be cursing the Adventure Jogger <laughs> podcast guy. <laughs> yeah, well, just blame you. That's all right. <laughs> Jackie, this has been a blast. It's so great meeting you and hearing your story. Thank you for for taking some time out and sharing this incredible story. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's been fun. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 